Hello, hello. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning to those listening across the world and across the country. You're tuning in and listening to the Cinematic Odyssey here on United to the Moose, WWVU FM Morgantown 91.7. Uh, I'm your host, Tristan Rodriguez, and my co-host alongside with me in the studio, Max Clark. And we have a special guest, Zoe, in here. We're going to be talking about Lady Bird, fantastic film, a film that hits close and deep to my heart. Um, very sentimental film for me. But uh, that track that you just heard before was like Spinning Plates Wild's version from Radiohead. Great track. But uh, enough of the music. We're just going to get into the film here. Um, I don't know. Every time I watch this, every, every time I watch this movie, I always cry at the end. Yeah. Um, I guess that perfectly encapsulates how I feel about this film. Um, it's a very the. The relationship that Lady Bird has with her mom, uh, I see a lot of that in with my with my mom and I. Uh, so that's why the film particularly has a very strong. I have a strong connection with the film. Um, not everything is. Uh, I wouldn't relate to everything that that they deal with, but there is a lot of things that they say to each other that happens that I've experienced with my mother. Um, but I guess we'll we'll get yeah. into that part of the film later. But I don't know. Let me hear your your guys' thoughts on on the movie. Well, I, in my opinion, it's the kind of movie that I had to watch twice. So I watched it for the first time a few months ago. It was like the night that it was getting taken off of Netflix. So I'm like, I gotta I gotta knock this out. I gotta watch this movie. And I watched it, and I was like, okay. I didn't have a strong uh, reaction to it either way. I was like, I was confused by a lot of pieces in there. I was was mixed up, turned around. I was like, solid. Would have to watch it again. But the whole point for me was, I would be willing to watch it again. And I did just this week, and I loved it. It was fantastic. Uh, it was, I mean, everything kind of clicked into place a little bit better. Everything worked for me and it was fantastic i this this film i have seen this film probably an upteen amount of times i I saw it a few years ago for the first time with my mother which was an interesting experience because like tristan said it's something that a lot of people can relate to with their maternal figure and having a complicated relationship with a mom can make this film just that much more realistic so seeing it for the first time a few years ago still in that situation was interesting and rewatching it as I've learned more about myself and my relationship with my mother has become more of a emotional film for me. So watching this again with Max was still an experience that makes you cry at the end. Indeed. Yeah, uh this film particularly for me is one of my all-time favorites. This is number 3. Of my all, yeah, number three favorite of all time, just below Back to the Future and then La N at number yeah. one. Uh, the the and Greta Gerwig, before getting into the meat of it, she is one of the most exciting directors, in my opinion, to look out for for the next decade. Uh, this was her directorial debut, came out in 2017. She was praised to the high heavens for it, and rightfully so. I mean, this film is fantastic. Um, I know a lot of people prefer Little Women and say it is a better film. 
I would probably agree on some aspects. I mean, I think both films are fantastic, but Little Women is uh, also amazing. And then she's coming out with Barbie next year, which is going to be the film of the year next year. So mark your calendars for that. comes out in July. July. Yeah, starring Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. It's going to be the film of the decade. No, I'm just kidding. But but, but we can't discount the fact that between this and Little Woman, uh, this is her original screenplay. This isn't adapted from a novel from 100 years ago. This Mm -hmm. is original, which I think adds a lot more to it. Yeah, she. I, I yeah, really like that. yeah, she wrote this. Yeah, she wrote this. Touch. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently, uh, she grew up in Sacramento, so there is uh, that uh, personal aspect to the film that she throws in there. Although this, the character of Lady Bird doesn't exactly model her actual life. No. Um, but there are elements of the film that she throws in from her actual life into the movie. Yeah, so. like um, Lady Bird's name is Christine. Christine is her mother's name. Greta Gerwig's mother's name is Christine. And her mother was also a nurse. Same occupation uh, that Marion, the mom, has. Yep. That I didn't know. Very cool. But I always, I always, I have to have one an episode. I have to one, have one thing that Fun you fact. just didn't know. <laughs> just be surprised. Some trivia. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just cool. So, um, yeah, the film, the film follows, yeah, Lady Bird. She's a high schooler, senior, in her senior year. And this, she goes to this Catholic private school. And she has her best friend who goes by the name of Julie, who's played by Jonah Hill's sister, Beanie F- Feldstein. Feldstein. Yeah, Beanie Feldstein. Um, both of their on-screen chemistry is pretty good. Uh, they're pretty funny together. Uh, and so, yeah, you see Lady Bird two semesters. Uh, they're very distinct in terms of like who she's hanging out with, her mood, her behavior changes, uh, who the, you know, and all that kind of thing. And then like the dynamics of her family with her father and like him losing his job, getting laid off. And then his mom, Oh, her mom, well, her mom being her mom, that's the most probably (laughs) consistent thing in the entire film is their relationship. Uh, and the toxicity that stems from the both of them. Um, but yeah, the film, I'd say the power of it. Well, I mean, for me is obviously the relationship that they have and they share, uh, together, Lady Bird and Marion. That is, um, oh yeah, forget to mention li- uh, her siblings. Yeah, uh, Shelley and Miguel, Miguel, who are adopted. Well, I know Shelley was was She's... taken in by by their family. Yeah, Miguel is adopted. And okay, Shelley is okay. Um, Miguel's girlfriend. Yes, yeah. I thought that was. And yeah. she's kind of taken in by the family, and Shelley thinks very highly of Marion because of that. Mm-hmm. She says that one line about how she has a big heart because yeah. she's taken in. Yeah. And that fact, which is very conflicting because Shelley's such a dark and brooding <laughs> human but thinks so highly of Marion, and then Lady Bird has a light look to her but thinks low-ish of her mother. It's like the... um. I guess it's really, really... You're trying to save face, I guess, in whatever audience you're from because Lady Bird, like defends her mother to people who talk badly about her. But then to Shelly, who's like, you know, your mom's pretty awesome. She's like, no, she's not. She yeah. stinks. She did. She, I remember I, yeah. I wrote this down to Danny. 
she says the line, she has a big heart. And then around Shelly, Shelly is the one that says the exact same line back to her. And the conflicting, like, yeah. dynamic there is insane. Yeah, because I think it's, you know, for from Lady Bird's perspective, uh, she has the people within her family who she's more than well, she feels comfortable di- the divulging that, that how she really feels about her mother to her family. Whereas with people outside of her family, she doesn't want to portray that image. Um, and it's like, she, I guess there's that, yeah, that kind of, she's a little immature in that, in that aspect. I mean, yeah. you definitely get that from a lot of the ways that she acts. I mean, she's a high schooler at the end of the day. She, she still has to grow up. Um, learn how to, you know, appreciate what she has. Yeah. Because she definitely is, she has this very entitled uh, attitude to her uh, that is pretty blatant Yeah, throughout the film. I mean, like, building on that, she asks her father to drop her off a block away from school. Yeah. She doesn't want to be seen in, in, yeah. in the vicinity with him dropping her off. Well, I don't think it's the fault. Fa- it's because she's not- poor. It is, and and like I, I, that's also another aspect of the film, like with the the class commentary, uh, which is very prevalent. And it and Marion is a big reason as to why Lady Bird feels the way that she feels about their social class, yes. their class as a whole. Uh, she's very aware of their their financial situation. And I think while that m- is important to to understand, I think it obviously affects Lady Bird negatively, v- very much so, uh, to the point where she l- lies to someone about where she lives. Mm-hmm. Well, she's made very aware of it constantly <laughs> by Marion. Marion is very much like telling her all the time that, especially with her clothes, the whole thing about her clothes that she has to keep them clean and mm. tidy because she doesn't want her family looking like trash was a big a big thing. So she's yeah. definitely made aware of it constantly. Right. You thinking of something? It's, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's all on how they're perceived. I mean, she she takes that further. She's talking about how um the father who I whose name escapes me. Larry. Larry? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Larry is like looking for a new job he's he could be employed by any one of her classmates fathers and so they don't want anybody in their family thinking that they're trash therefore mm-hmm. she has to keep care take care of her uniform she has to be looking neat she has to behave a certain way so that it could hopefully help them move forward and grow up and move out cuz it wasn't their plan to stay in that house for 20 plus years yeah, it's says. just they keep kind of putting it off because there are other things that they they want to take care of should we move or do we make sure we have enough budget for groceries do we move or do we put ladybird in a private school which i th- which is also pretty funny but continue i'll get to that no it's it's i mean <laughs> the reason why she's even in private school <laughs> i mean it's re- but it, it's like the reason is because they care it's. Well, they saw I someone mean, get knifed in front of him. Yeah, I mean, Miguel. Yeah, saw someone <laughs> shanked in front of him at a public school. Oh, so scary. <laughs> that is kind of scary. 
I, I would be scared if I saw somebody but get stabbed. But I mean, in obviously, in that context, it's all it's obviously targeted. It's not some dude just stabbing some random person. Yeah, but still, <laughs> I don't want to see know. that. I don't want. I mean, yeah, no one wants to see that. I don't want to walk up to the academic building and be like, <laughs> "Oh, look, hey, there's uh, there's a uh, stab-chested Gary. Hey, Gary, how's that stab wound healing?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, sure. But uh, I don't know. I think the reason – because Marion brings that up multiple times, and I just laugh at it because it's such a – I don't know. To me, it's such a benign and dumb reason to move your kid into a private school. There should be better reasons I mean, other than that. Do you think it's terror? She wants to keep her kids safe. What if that was Miguel getting stabbed? I mean, I think it also it, has to do with the class issue. It, it's just making her look so good to put her in private school, and she uses that as a reason all the time. It's mm. just like – <laughs> being knifed <laughs> she brings it up constantly the moment that lady bird is like complaining about anything she's like well do you want to get knifed at public school <laughs> <laughs> right and then you brought up terror there's this there's well very brief moments where lady bird is watching news coverage of the iraqi invasion or the invasion of iraq from the united states um so that that's a moment of terror, uh, and like obviously it being taking place during right after nine eleven. So there's that also because it takes place in like two thousand two, two thousand three. So that the American American consciousness is very fresh on that, and like the Iraqi War was this very popular thing at the time. Um, obviously, you have Timothy Chalamet's character. Who's an anarchist? <laughs> yeah, he's pretty funny. Um, I mean, I I agree with him on some of the politics that he says, but he his character is a little weird though because he just he's kind of tone deaf. He's oh, yeah. very unaware of his surroundings. In some scenes, he's just like in his own la la land. But <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but like there's this there's an image of I think it's when Lady Bird is walking out. Like, they have this they conversation after um, their encounter, their, ma- I'll, I'll, their mature encounter. Um, they have that argument, and she walks downstairs. She's getting ready to leave, and she walks by the, like, the living room or something, and there's this guy who I assume is uh, Kyle's father, and he's just asleep in the mm. chair. It's not like he's paying attention to his son. It's not like he's taking care of him he's not on him about his behavior or his grades or his appearance ladybird is the way she is because her parents care they take that time they pay attention they want her to you know be everything and have have the world open for her mm-hmm. kyle's got the world open for him so his dad can sleep and let him kind of just figure it out himself right right um I see you guys have a lot of notes. What, oh, yeah. what, what's uh? Let's <laughs> Zoe, what you got? Oh man, I guess I guess I can start with Marion's character. It is a complicated relationship. I I was talking to my roommate about this. Shout out to Talitha. Um, she Marion is not. She's this might be a conflict of interest here, but she's not an abusive mother. She exhibits a lot of toxic behaviors. Um, I know me and Max were talking about the passive aggressiveness and the guilt tripping and the gaslighting, um, which does not make her behavior right in any sense, but it is not abusive in the way that she, like, 
means harm in an abusive way. She just means to put Lady Bird in a good spot because she was raised. She, I mean, she said that line, her mother was an abusive alcoholic and generational trauma is real, mm-hmm. which just makes this film that much more realistic in the way that we can see the hurt that Marion had upon her as a child now projected onto Lady Bird herself. Yep. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean it's not yeah, it's not abusive in any way. Uh but it definitely It's relatable. I I, <laughs> I yeah, that's for sure. Um It's it's yeah, the, her character she's such a the fat like her fascination with or not fascination but her just such she's so stuck up about like their image to the public and to everybody else like you know with the class thing and i just i to me i just think it breeds like just this unhealthy like cycle of poverty that they are stuck in you know because mm-hmm. she's just so infatuated with this idea of like okay we got to look a certain way we got to be a certain way when and and it doesn't there's no one's happy it doesn't seem like anyone in that family is happy they're not no one in that family is happy and i think a marion is the reason why that is Ooh. i wouldn't go that far i would say that's why um because you can tell, like, in the scenes where the family is present together, Marion is just this source of negative energy, whereas the fa- Larry, he's trying his best to be uh, a source of happiness for the family, especially for Lady Bird. He tries his best to work with her rather than against her. And that's why I, like, with my with my relationship with my mother, I see a lot of that dynamic play out between my parents and I um with my dad and whatnot and that's yeah I just I see I see I see what I saw and what I experienced in this film so that's why I'm saying what I'm saying I mean the way I I go into it is you've got Marion who's the realist Marion who's we have money for this therefore you can go to this college for this The, the degree is more important than where you're going and then you've got Larry, who's the idealist, who is willing to help, who's willing to do what he can to make Ladybird smile, who is like, sure, you can apply to the East Coast schools. I'll just – I'll do what I can. I'll get you what you need. If you don't get in, you don't get in, but at least we tried. Marion is sort of stuck in that realism. It's a lot of money to go to the East Coast. you got to fly there. Um, we won't be able to see you. Uh, it's very expensive. Like Sarah Lawrence – I've looked at Sarah Lawrence. It's very, very expensive. Wait, that's how, that's the school she went to? That was the school, yeah. Or at least that was one of the ones she was looking at. Oh, I, di- I, I don't, don't even know she what didn't school. She did get into Columbia. I don't even know what school she was accepted or went to. I mean, I don't, <laughs> it was never even explicitly said. I don't, at least I don't she see She said it. NYU was a big one, which... I don't not, think she got in, but... I don't, I don't think so, but... Like, it was in New York City, which makes me think yeah. it wasn't Sarah Lawrence. But I th- yeah, you know, it was like a soon as I know she. I know she mentions it because if she uh, it, mentioning uh, that Columbia, NYU in the same breath, those are really yeah, really I know. expensive. Those are expensive. Which, yeah, which would make Marion crazy because that's gonna 
put a lot of stress. I mean, if you want to talk about student loan debt. Oh, I know. On Lady Bird. Through <laughs> <Ooh, laughs> the roof. <laughs> that is that is hard. As opposed to going to UC Davis, mm. which is very close to home. And it's a good school. Yeah, it is. It's a good school. The UC system is great uh, back in California. And there's... But I understand. I understand yeah. Lady Bird's reason why she doesn't want to go to a school in California. The reason why I'm even here to begin with is because I didn't want to go to a school in California. I yeah. wanted to get out of the bubble that I was in back at home, and Lady Bird is that to a T. She doesn't want to be in Sacramento anymore, even though a part of her loves the place. She wants to experience different uh, walks of life. She wants to live independently from her parents. And that's why another reason why I feel so strongly about this film and there's such a connection with me is because I feel that with Lady Bird. I, I feel the same exact way that she feels about being in the place that she's in. She wants to get out. She wants to leave. And, uh yeah. I definitely understand that. I, yes. Feeling. I'm from Pennsylvania, which isn't that far from here, but it's definitely one of those things that I was immediately like, I need to mm-hmm. get out. I need to leave. Because having such a complicated parental relationship and going back to the Marion and Larry of Lady Bird, it's not so black and white. It's not completely good cop, bad cop. And it's difficult because, I mean, like you were saying, Max, like the realism and the idealism that it's more of that rather than just like black and white good and bad she marion she like she knows that ladybird thinks highly of larry she knows that she thinks more highly of her father so it's i'm sure it's really tough on her as a mother trying to be so realistic in this scenario while also trying to navigate paying for everything and mm. working and keeping a good relationship, not only with Lady Bird, but with Miguel and now taking care of Shelly. Yeah. It's just a lot on her shoulders. And Larry is kind of the neutralizer there where he kind of just stays very stagnant. And it is seen, obviously, we learn that he has depression and that it's a lot more complicated than that. But even Marion, she uses Larry's disappointment in arguments to her advantage, mm-hmm. which because Larry can't really speak up for himself in the scenario because Marion is such a big personality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. It's not, yeah, it's not so black and white. But, but I, under- I, I understand getting... But but I think, but I think yeah, Marion, she, she, yeah, she does have a lot on her plate. Uh, that's for sure. And she's very stressed, as you can tell. But I think she needs to, she needed to, like, realize, and I think she does realize at the end of the film when she's driving around the airport, she's like, wait, I messed up. Yeah. And I, what did I, What am I doing here? Why am I treating my daughter like this? My own flesh and blood. Uh, so I, I, at, at the end, she finally is like, okay, you know. But the thing is, Larry recognizes this ahead of time. He knows that this is going to happen. Yeah. He knows that there's not going to be that moment, that she's going to be resistant to... Lady Bird actually leaving. And so he takes all of Marion's drafts mm. of letters that she was going to write and everything she had to say and saved them. These crumpled up pieces of paper that were balled up because they weren't perfect, they weren't good yeah. in her eyes, they weren't what she wanted to say. He saved them, he stuck them in her bag at the airport. Yep. Larry is such a good character. And yeah, he is. It's, he, it's, he, really, he knows. He's got that sixth sense. He's like, you know what, this is going to be important. 
it doesn't matter if she doesn't think it's good. It's that she took so many yeah, tries yeah. to try to explain herself and um, basically say I love you yeah, to her daughter. Yeah. I mean, he's fully aware of it. He's, I mean, he's living in it. He's in the household. He knows exactly the situation that's happening. He knows exactly the relationship that they have. And the one line that I remember him saying is, she doesn't know how to help you, and that frustrates her. And that was such a big thing, talking about how Lady Bird's mom does not know how to help her. And I'm sure Marion sees so much of herself in Lady Bird, and that part can be very frustrating, especially growing up the way that Marion did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Lady Bird, I think, I mean, she says throughout the film that Marion doesn't love her. It's not true. Yeah, that's not true. I don't think she really believes that. I think she just says that just to project as a projection. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, as a child of (laughs) of your parents, (laughs) I think you know that your parents love you. Um, except in the case where they're abusive, like in Marion's case. Um, but, you know, in Lady Bird's situation, I mean, she probably knows deep down that, like, yeah, my parents love me. But it's hard. It's hard. And her relationship with her mom, is it's not easy. And, you know, combining the, the fact that she's going to go to college and, like, there's all these different fat all these different things that are happening with like i mentioned her dad is her she got he got laid off of his job so they they lost a big source of income there and then miguel and shelly they're unemployed essentially they're baggers at a grocery store it's not not a big posh job right right um and like the only the only moments where i feel like the, f- <laughs> the family is always happy or maybe when there would be a moment of happiness is like during Thanksgiving when when Lady Bird leaves, when Lady Bird leaves with uh, oh what's his name Luke Danny. Danny Danny oh Danny, Yo, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> oh he oh man his character is so tragic yeah it makes me so sad I... the things he has to go through um which uh, I don't know if you guys want to talk about that. I sure you, I'm sure you guys do. We can Certainly. Yeah. I, I mean, I got one thing. Like, if we if we come back and look at this film, trying to figure out like what is, <laughs> I'm trying to avoid it. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Um, <laughs> it's. I mean, the the third thing that I wrote down. I wrote this down like instantly mm. when the movie began because i knew it was a mother-daughter relationship i'd seen it before i was ready for that yeah so it was how does mom express that love and it's it's not easily perceptible because a lot of marianne's comments are backhanded yep. and things like that yep. but it's it's said explicitly later love is paying attention love is taking the time to notice something about someone and care like as bad as it may be, as bad as those comments may be, Marion pays attention to her daughter, cares. Um, Larry's paying attention. Uh, I, I have moments in here, but I can't find them because my notes are very, very, very unorganized. <laughs> but, like, I mean, even with 
even with Danny, and we'll bring it back to Danny, oh, yeah. their relationship ends because Lady Bird catches him in the stall in the men's bathroom kissing another guy. The drama. And <laughs> she's like, nope, we're done. We're done with him. Goodbye. <laughs> and it cuts to the scene of Julie and Lady Bird listening to Crash <laughs> by Dave Matthews. <laughs> I think that's the name of the song, yeah. right? Crash into me, Dave Matthews. Both yeah, yeah. Sobbing. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. I love how Julie's sobbing so hard, like wholeheartedly too, even though nothing happened to her. She's just no, like, I think she was the with the other guy. It's over the math teacher. Oh, is it? He, she met his wife at the oh, yeah. play the night before. I forgot about that. Oh, I, I thought well, because wasn't she hanging out with? Because it was uh, Julie, Lady Bird, and then Danny, and then that other dude. Oh no, she's hung up on the math teacher. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Because I knew she was like into him. Yeah, um, she met his wife, and she's like, "Oh, he's got a wife." It's a, it's a whole dang it. Thing. With Danny, it's complicated because, I mean, neither. I mean, Danny is a little in the wrong for cheating, but I understand, especially in that Catholic environment, not being able to come out yeah. at all. And he even yeah. mentions later his family. He's so scared to talk to them about it because he just can't. Mm. And mm. it's it's really it's complicated and. Oh, Danny. <laughs> and Lady Bird instantly folds. Like, she she basically accuses him. She says, you're gay in an accusatory form. Mm. It's like, well, you're this. Therefore, I win. I'm in the right. And it, <laughs> it sends him down this, like, realistic path. He's like, please don't say anything. I haven't figured out how to tell my family. I'm scared. And Lady Bird realizes that he's, like, distraught yeah. over this. Yeah. And she takes the moment to say, hey, you know, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. I won't say anything. You're going to be okay. She hugs him. Mm -hmm. That switch immediately. I love it. Um, because she she she's paying attention enough to say, oh, this hurt. I did really care about this guy. Still kind of do. I care enough to make sure that he's not in pain. And, you know. Helps out with that. A little moment of maturity from Lady Bird. Yeah. Bingo. She yeah. definitely wanted to say something to Danny. You can tell whenever she went out to go take out the trash and she stayed because she knew Danny was following, she had a lot to say. And I'm sure all of those words left her mind the moment that he started crying because it's so much more complicated than just a breakup. It's yeah a whole identity crisis on yep. Danny's part. Yeah. I feel like one thing we didn't mention Poor was guy. this is... 2002 as yeah. well so yeah. as as progressive as accepting as as we all are take that back about 20 years uh, well not everybody not well, definitely not everybody. well, well definitely still, not well definitely still not if you but like like nowadays still with with i mean within the context of the people that they're that they're in that yeah they're around they would still have that problem today right but i mean if we're considering I mean, where we are i mean i wasn't i was probably born as this movie was coming out I was born like the summer before Lady Bird's senior year. It's 2002. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, so... came out 2017. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, this is 20 years yeah, it was ago. 20 years so ago. Even Crazy. As, even as, Crazy. as progressive as it may have been, or like, as we may want to feel right now, take that back about 20 years. Yeah. Gay marriage was not legal. Nope. Um, I think. Uh, Johnson v. Texas didn't happen yet. Or I, I think that's the case. I don't even know. Uh, I think it's like Oberf Oberfeld. Oberfeld, yep. Yeah. But that didn't happen yet. Yeah. There's all this lack of 
freedom for a gay person as well. Yep. Especially. Yep. So like, and then a compounding on the fact that he's in a Roman Catholic family. Oh yeah. So there's that uh, homophobic energy that is times a thousand. Uh, so he can't rightfully. Yeah, the, the scene where they find out. Oh, wow. Didn't even lock the stall. Uh, oh, you know what's so funny? <laughs> they avoid all the open stalls and they go for the closed one on the far end. <laughs> <laughs> like. There's all these open stalls on the right, but oh, let's open the the last one that's closed. <laughs> well, it's, it's further away from the door. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to get caught. It. You're a lady in the boys' bathroom. Come on. I mean, sh- I don't know. I mean, if you're uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever. I mean, who's checking? Who's checking? Like, oh, who's under there? Except for, I mean, the only people that do that are little children, and and pervs. I do like how they play this off, though, that she is upset about the breakup and not upset about the the gay issue at all. She's immediately just, like, hurt by what Danny did and not yeah. the reason for it, which is nice because it's, like, has nothing to do with sexuality and everything mm. to do with emotion. Yeah. Bang. <laughs> Thank you, Max. <laughs> Reinforcement. <laughs> oh, you know what's another moment that makes me laugh, but I'm, like, disappointed when she's on her free period and... She's like, oh, the the, the math, book? yeah, the grade book oh. and the math teacher. She's <laughs> like, oh, let me throw this away real quick. <laughs> like, <laughs> bro, come on, leave your stupid classroom you unlocked <laughs> with your grade book out. I know this was before the online days too, so nothing was nothing was online, so she could just throw it That's out. That's crazy. And all of the grades have disappeared. Oh, That's how wonderful! Ooh, convenient. How fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, Ladybird. He does say that one line, though, that whenever she tries to say her grade again, and he's like, all right, it's your honor, which is, like, a huge... Hey, it's on you. It's yeah, because he knows, he, knows he knows she's lying, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a smart guy. He knows she's lying, yeah. He's also flirty with Julie a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's weird. that's that's a little weird. That's yeah problematic. Yeah. <laughs> Here, let me just show you my. Oh, by the way, Julie, one of my one of my best students. Here's my uh, pregnant wife. Yeah, she. Just I'm coming back up. to that. Oh my god! Julie's <laughs> face there is like so shocked. And, and then she sit. And then she sits down next to the priest, who's also oh, very incredibly sad. depressed. Max, what is up with that? Yeah, ice? you want to talk about that, ice. Max? Oh, I'm excited. Let me, let me so, hear you. I want a, a, a massive, major, big shout out to Mr. Stephen McKinley Henderson, who plays the priest in that scene. He is brilliant. Uh, I love it. I watched it the first time and I was like, "What's up with him? W- like, why? Why is he? Why is it important that he is depressed? Why is that? Why does it matter at all?" I was like, it, it, "I felt like it kind of took away." From the film, I right, didn't like understand what's his character's it. Purpose? Yeah, like what's the purpose? Why? Why is he here? The second time around, I was like, "Oh, it all clicked. It clicked into place immediately because of his conversation with Marion at the hospital. It's the last time we ever see him, um, and it's it's so sweet." She basically asks him, "Who do you turn to when you feel this way?" And he goes, "No one." And he it's that was one of the one of the moments one of the several moments where I I started to cry that scene was really hard this week but like he was like he doesn't have his support system 
he doesn't have anyone that he can turn to to help him feel better. And I think that whole that kind of plays out with Ladybird in that she has a support system. She has a mother who cares, is maybe overbearing, but cares. She has a father that cares. She has siblings that care. It it's it's all that um she's got this support network. And that's why the end of the movie happens. That's why she ends up with alcohol poisoning and in the hospital. Because she is in the hospital in New York alone. And there is no support system. And she doesn't have anybody around there to talk to when she's feeling this way. She was just so focused on the freedom that she, she didn't even think about what she had. Exactly. She's, she's set on doing what she wants. And then she realizes, oh, I'm alone in a brand new place without anybody that I know near me to support me. And she gets up and she looks and there's this boy who's got this really bad like eye injury, head injury, yeah. and he's still got his mother next to him. There's still that support. There's she he's still got that person with him to be there holding his hand through any traumatic experience. And Ladybird tries to call her mother and she can't. And that hurts all the more because this support network is in place and it it's not as because she's in New York she's not as able to utilize it right. which is why the priest has his moments he's able to cry so easily he's able to um be so sad and he gets the help that he needs hopefully um through the hospital but he doesn't have any way of coping with his horrible, horrible depression. And he was able to cry so easily during that. Yeah. <laughs> during the acting exercise. Cause he just yeah, lets like, it all out. First 10 minutes. He's like challenging all the young actors and merrily we roll along to, uh, who, who's let's see who which of us can cry first and everyone's trying everyone's trying and he just lets it out he's done instantly which he is immediately apologizes as well yes yeah. yeah. it I'm shows sorry. a big a big part of his character is yeah that he feels sorry for feeling this way mm. which is much more than an acting exercise we find that out quick yeah beautiful mm. beautiful character yeah and he's hardly on screen which is a travesty <laughs> a total, he's like, such a great actor too. Minutes. Yeah, he yeah, is he's fantastic. Well, you said something about Sondheim. Oh, oh yes, I did. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. So let me know. I, all right. Moment. Now, this technically goes into why choosing what media is used in your film, your mm. in your project, is important. Okay. Right. So, what are you trying to say? What is what is the message that you're trying to bring? So, Lady Bird is this. Very, I'm trying to think of a big word, but I can't, I don't want to pronounce it wrong. Precipitous relationship. It it seesaw sees and saws back and forth, back and forth. It's between love and hate. It's always in a constant state of change, uh, which can probably perfectly be described with the word ambivalence. All right, so ambivalence. It is. Having mixed feelings or contradictory ideas about something or someone. The entire relationship between Lady Bird and her mother is ambivalent. You go between deep love and care to, I don't care if you go across the country and I never see you again. 
and I'm just going to take the car around and pick up your father when he's done dropping you off. They're able to – that relationship is the whole point, that it's not all happy and rosy. It's not black and white. It's not I love my mother every single second of every single day. It's not I hate my mother every single second of every single day because human beings, as it turns out, are complicated and have more than one emotion available to them. Beautiful. And you can – you have all these shades of gray. You go, I really love my mother, but why is she making me fold my clothes before I go to bed? And it folds into this this ambivalence, uh, this relationship in which it's not a whole love, but it's not a whole hate. And this brings me to Stephen Sondheim, one of the greatest musical composers, lyricists of the 20th century, probably ever. Ooh, is that a hot take? It is not a hot take. No, it it should not be a hot known. take. Stephen Sondheim is a Broadway machine. Oh, I don't, I don't uh, know. Duh, don't did the, he did the lyrics for West Side Story. That's, that's oh, kind of okay. how he started the, out. Trust the creative arts kids. Oh, yeah. We know what's up. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm not into plays, but, playwrights, so yeah. I have no idea. But Sondheim, any musical theater number used in this film is written by Stephen, Stond- Stephen Sondheim. So the the musical that they perform at the school uh-huh. is "Merrily We Roll Along." Music I know, that, and ly- I know that's a film. Music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim. Okay. Um, they the audition songs that are shown, the cuts from the audition songs. Okay. Being alive from Company. Music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim. Uh, <laughs> okay. You've uh, you've got Lady Bird's audition song, which is from a show called Anyone Can Whistle. Music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, Danny shows up, and Danny pops on stage, stage and sings There Are Giants in the Sky, mm. which is from Into the Woods. Music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim. I thought it was Bob Fosse. This is a go, right? Fosse's a choreographer. Oh, I get it. He is. <laughs> no, just I different know. job. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's great. Different all that job. jazz. All that jazz. Bingo. Well, he has a, he's, he's a director as well. Anyways, continue. Yeah. But uh, – Love that film. Sondheim's huge piece in his in his musicals is about ambivalence. He writes ambivalence better than anyone. Um, for example, let's go through those shows. Company. It is a story about a 35-year-old man who is surrounded by his married friends. And he's determining whether or not he wants to you know, tie the knot, move forward, have that experience be married or be single he's got that choice and so that song being alive it's the final moment in in the show it's like the second last song in the show and he's basically saying what do you get when you love when when you're in love when you're married someone to hold me too close someone to hurt me too deep he's going through all these these things that he thinks he'll get if he's in love but then he has this moment of realization he changes and he asks Somebody hold me too close. He wants it. And he's got that relationship where he's bobbing between the two. What's that? Oh, that's ambivalence. He's in between. He doesn't feel particularly strongly until he makes – and we don't actually find out what his decision is. But he's bobbing between these two possibilities. Um, I mean we want to – if we want to go to Merrily We Roll Along, Merrily We Roll Along is – show told from the success of a songwriter in the 70s mm-hmm. and it's told backwards and we go backwards until the 50s where he, we actually find he worked with two other people and they were really great friends and they're really great friends at the end of the show because it's the beginning of their relationship right. and 
pretty tragic. Um, leads to uh, Mr. Henderson again saying uh, they didn't understand the piece, they uh. did, which is really, really depressing because he, he kind of <laughs> drops out, loses all his support system along the way as he, you know, as you look back further into the past there. But even in uh. Into the Woods, which is the other audition piece, uh. Little Red Riding Hood has a song where she goes, isn't it nice to know a lot and a little bit not? That technically says nothing because she's saying both things. Right. She, she's taking both. She's not taking a definitive stance, I want, or it is nice. I'm so glad I know a lot because it's that in-between. It's that ambivalence. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think Gerwig had them choose Merrily Roll Along because I don't know about you, but I have never seen a high school put on Merrily Roll Along. Never. Ever. I have not seen it. I don't – you don't see that. I have no idea. <laughs> but, like, that, that's, <laughs> that's why it got chosen, though, I think, because Sondheim's got this relationship with ambivalence. You don't choose that just for um, just for kicks. You're like, oh, I really like that musical. Let's make him do it. What does it have to say about the relationships that you're trying to do, the themes that you're trying to create? It's ambivalence. It's – Shades of gray rather than black and white. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, if Gerwig's putting all of those those things in, uh, she's doing it for a reason. Oh, yeah. But for someone who's not into playwrights like me, who has no idea who Stephen Sondheim was until this moment, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, okay, awesome. They're singing songs. Cool. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, dude, I'm into films and music. I'm not into playwrights, Max. <laughs> oh, but, like... Ah, wicked, bro, wicked. Your your homework your homework is to uh your homework is to listen to a Bob Fosse. No, (laughs) all that jazz. A funny thing happened on the way to the forum. You got to listen to a musical, man. Man. Maybe everything has purpose in this film. It's just no, yeah, it does totally. It's like why are they singing these weird (laughs) weird pieces? No, I no, I know they're like from I I got. The impression that they're from playwrights or musicals. Well, I knew that yes. much, but I didn't know who wrote them. Oh yeah. Uh, my girlfriend told me that one, the one that uh, Danny was singing, she knew what the play was, what what play that was from. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I didn't know anything else. Oof. All I thought oh, was uh, well, <laughs> Max is devastated. Max, <laughs> Max. <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't, I'm not like this with you when it comes to movies. That's true. No, that's a good point. That's a really good point. It's just like you know, Some, he's like so the bad. name of the last sixty years. <laughs> I don't know. Fair enough. I don't know. At least I've heard Again, of. Stan- I don't. I don't. I've heard of Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> Because he's, he's, well, I don't right. get it. I, well, let's not get into this conversation <laughs> let's, right let's now. Come, let's come back to Lady Bird. <laughs> Lady Bird by Greta Gerwig. <laughs> yes, but. Uh, Lyrics and music by Stephen Sondheim. I mean, I, I want to steer it towards Larry's interview oh. at the end. Oh, Larry, Larry's interview. That the interviewee for this software job. That interviewee, I think oh I wrote. Oh my gosh, he, was, he uh, does not deserve that job. That whatsoever. Oh my god, he does not belong there. But it was. I think it was nice that he was a younger guy, like such a business major. 
He's such a finance uh, bro. Yeah. A finance bro. I mean, being a finance major, <laughs> I'm not a finance bro in any of the sense. I mean, <laughs> shoot, I work at a radio station at college, right, at the college, and I'm doing a film podcast. So no, I'm not a finance bro in any of the word, <laughs> sense of the word. Uh, <laughs> but dude, I just got this sense of like, yeah, I'm here because I'm a trust fund baby. I went to Harvard because I'm a legacy admission for my parents. I got where I am because uh, I didn't have to do anything. I was born within the correct family. And, you know, I got lucky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's like, and then you got Larry, who has worked his off. And to get where he is, unfortunately, it hasn't plan- panned out as the way that uh, himself and Marion probably envisioned 25, or 25 years earlier or, or whatever. And so that whole interview, it's just a farce. It's a joke. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be honest, I don't even know if, if the interviewee, no, wrong one, interviewer, I don't even know if he's wearing his tie correctly. I, don't I think he's got his oh, tie. Oh, I honestly I think don't he, even, I, I didn't he's even got bother his, to check. I think he's got his top button unbuttoned. I mean, he's reclining back while yeah, he's asking can, questions. I can't look. tell. But. He was not paying attention to anything that Larry was saying. Here, I remember the whole dialogue was just Larry was talking about, um, he was talking about his experience and the interviewer was just like, but have you seen, like, these other programmers? They're practically babies at this time, like, programming. It's devastating, but definitely a realistic look into business. But we've got, of course, this... Um, Where is it? We've got, of course, this uh, reaction. Ladybird Lady Bird yells at Miguel, her brother, and is like, you know, no one's gonna ever going to take you seriously with those things in your face. He's got he's got some piercings. Yeah. He's got hair. Who look, he looks like... A punk rocker, uh, and like like he, like if you're if you're, um, walking down the street, oh that guy's got something going on. You would just walk past and not look at him, mm. and he's cleaned up. He's shaved. He's yep. put on his best suit and tie, and he's he took the piercings up. Applying for the same job that the father is. Yeah, yeah. And then there's that beautiful moment between Larry and Miguel where he's yeah. like. Oh, uh, he's he's no, just he's, he's, he's yeah, he's fine. But he's definitely like the frat. Oh, look at him. Yeah, the frat. Yeah, he went to like Pi Sigma Cap or whatever they're called. <laughs> and like, yo, bro. And then he talks to his dad. Yo, dad, he hooked me up. Got you, son. No problem. Here you go. Here's your job that you're gonna work till you die. And you know, yeah. so dumb, so dumb. Capitalism. <laughs> yeah, Capitalism. <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then we do find out, though. That... <laughs> you know Jeez. it's true. <laughs> but then Miguel gets the job. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, probably the better fit, frankly. I mean, He's younger. Is it, is I mean, Larry. Larry's proud. He, at the table, isn't he the one that's like into Miguel's new job? Yes. At the ta- which just shows how amazing. No, Larry's a, Larry. a f- yeah. Larry's a great father. He does everything he can. For yeah, his he's kids. a great father. And he knows. He knows what everything that's going on with Marion and he still decides to mm-hmm. you know be such a a good dad look at this yeah it's, just it's so, lovely so kind i love this moment yeah it is such a contrast though marion and larry like she oh my gosh Larry's she's very cold a, yeah she is very larry and that's such what a, danny says such a passive like he's minimal movement he's very like it's a big contrast to marion because she's such a big like when she fights too she uses her arms and she's just like and larry's just 
a standstill. Mm. A standstill guy. Mm. I mean, Danny says that Marion's cold. He does. He uses that. that exact word. And what does Lady Bird do? She defends her mother. She does indeed. Yeah. Because I'm not going to take that. I can say that stuff about my mom. You can't no say that can. stuff yeah, about my mom. Exactly. You don't have the right to say that stuff about my mom. But Correct. Shelley's allowed in, in Lady Bird's eyes, which is like a she's, sibling. Yeah. yeah a sibling she's a part of the family. Of part of the family. Yeah. No, she definitely is cold. She's like, she only lets Lady Bird see that emotional or not emotional side of her when she's just cold and angry. And that's definitely a. She's not. She shuts down. She's not very vulnerable. She's not. She's she not vulnerable shows, at all. Like, this cold side of her. Like when she's upset, it's like a trauma response, and that's like mm. psychologically, you turn into a cold and like no eye contact. In the drop-off scene of the airport, she doesn't even look at Lady Bird. Yeah, she will not look at her when she mm. tells her that she's not going to drop her off. She just stares straight ahead. And is that the only time that we see Marion on screen alone? No, in the car, it isn't. It isn't. Oh, only in the car. In the car. She, yes, that is the only around. times we see her alone. And she finally is letting it she out. Breaks she breaks down and um. she weeps and she is upset because she's realizing just now the gravity. Yeah. And it's it's all hitting her and she can break down because, you know, it's no one else is there. No one's there. She doesn't have to save face. She doesn't have to be tough. She doesn't have to put on that face as the matriarch, as the breadwinner, as the uh strong mother mm-hmm. right. she's able to be like oh my god well i guess the only time we do see that is when she's writing the letters which but is that's also, also an emotional vulnerable moment and it's mm. private too mm. she crumples them up she gets rid of them it's not meant to be shared she's right. not sharing that with anybody yeah except for well attend well, larry, larry digs them out supposed of the- to be for ladybird <laughs> well yeah but she don't, never finishes one right. and larry digs them out of, has to dig them out of the trash in order to preserve that emotional yeah. Um, yeah. vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I think uh, there was a letterbox review that I saw. Um, I forget the user, but his first name is Demi. And he wrote that the only moment of happiness for Marion is when she's driving around Sacramento in the car. Like that's the only moment of peace that she has because oh, she's not. She's not with anybody else. She's by herself, and yeah, when Lady, well, Christine. I mean, she refers to herself as Christine when she goes to college, yeah. which is interesting. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm peeling away from my old self, my younger self. I'm now an adult my in par- her own eyes. My parents gave me this name. I like this name. Thank you for giving me this name. That yeah. final scene, I would love to. Break that. Can I take it away? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, well, after the hospital, like you were talking about, when we see the, the little boy and his mother, she walks out and she finds herself at a church, which is a big full circle moment because of her Catholic upbringing. And it brings her back to, you know, her memories of home. And it's a, a big moment there. And like you said, over the phone, she uses her own name, Christine. And as she's calling her mom, who does not pick up the phone, and she leaves a voice memo or a voicemail for her mom, where she says, um, "Dad, this is more for mom because she knows that Larry would be the one picking up the phone." <laughs> um, you, we can see shots of Christine driving, and then it flips right to her mother, which 
there's a lot that you could say about them. It's it it shows that they are one in the same and mm-hmm. even if even if not that just at least a sense of understanding in the sense that they are both feeling a really similar emotion. They're a product of each other and it's a really big a really big thing. And she I'm sure she has so much to say, but she ends it by saying thank you and stutters while she says it and then she says I love you. Mm-hmm. And it holds so much because I'm sure we're all questioning, like, when was the last time that she ever said that to her mother and then vice versa? It's a, yeah. It holds so much. Those words, you don't really throw them around. And I'm sure in that relationship, it's uh-huh. complicated. Yeah. I mean, I we were just shown the, the prom dress trying on scene. Oh, yeah. What does Lady Bird want to hear? What does Lady Bird need? Is it? Moment. You look pretty. Yeah. You look beautiful. Yeah. This looks excellent. Yeah, she oh, has affirmation. A, oh, it's a little. It's a little too she pink. Says, is it it's, too pink? Is it too pink? <laughs> <laughs> which is which is a way of saying so delicately put. I don't like it. I mean, they're th- they're they're thrifting earlier. Are you tired? No, I'm not tired. Well, well, your feet are dragging. I just wanted to know if you were tired. They never say <laughs> anything directly to each other. It's just like these signals, which is why it's such a shock at the end that she outright says thank you and I love you yeah. because that is not said. They always say like, mm-hmm. you know, and in, in, in the changing room scene, she asks, I just want you to like me. And she says, why don't you like me? And she says, of course, I love you. And then she says, but do you like me? And she doesn't answer that question. Yeah, she, doesn't. Brilliant. she just goes on a tangent. Yeah. yeah, but the yeah the phone call yeah at the end. Yeah, like just I want to reiterate that fact that you just said they're one and the same. They're they're both these very big personalities, and they're so alike. They're pretty much identical. I mean, aside obviously from a few things. I mean, age and then like the maturity aspect and whatnot. And Lady Bird is a little bit more idealistic, and she wants to be happy and live life and all this, all these nice things. Um, but in terms of the way that they approach each other in their relationship, they are definitely identical in that way. I mean, it is a mom and daughter. You get a lot from your mom. Like it is just psychologically, Mm -hmm. your maternal figure produces the trajectory of so much in your life. Relationships, mentally, it Mm -hmm. just, it shows so much. Even if you have a bad mother-daughter relationship, which I can relate to, it's still, I see a lot of my mom in myself which can be unfortunate in some senses but it's just she raised me so they're definitely yeah that, a product of each other yeah same same here um you know i'm not a daughter i'm a son i'm the fir- <laughs> i'm the first the f- the first child of two I'm, i have a little sister she's 11 um but yeah i see a lot of myself in my mom um more so than my dad i don't know it's a little bit more mixed for sure um, but I definitely see a lot of myself in my mom and I don't, I don't, there's nothing I have against either of my parents. I love them to death. I mean, I appreciate all that they've done for me and seeing, you know, watching this movie, I, cause I saw it in the summer of last year. Um, I've seen it probably like five times, six times. I've seen so it a lot. Good. I've seen it a lot and I haven't seen it with my mom yet, but I told her to watch it. Yep. She has seen it. But I should definitely watch it with her. Um, it's an experience. Yeah. It's, it's oh boy. <laughs> an experience. I mean, when I watched it with my mom, she didn't get much from it. She was just like, wow, that's so sad. And didn't, I mean, 
we've talked about this even in a couple of our classes that people don't see people acting exactly like themselves on screen even though they could be identical like exactly. someone could it's, be acting exactly it's like so you weird. right in front of you and it's you so can't see it because your perception of yourself is so different yeah i know people it. so weird i know people just like that you're just like that <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah but to come come back around i i'm in a very similar boat as, of you tristan i have one younger sibling i'm the oldest boy younger sister um i told my mother and my grandmother to watch this film yeah. together. Yeah. And as far as I'm aware, they have not yet, mm. which is disappointing. So <laughs> I'm going to make sure they, they should. Do. I'm making sure they do it in they about should. two weeks. I, I, I explicitly made sure that we did this on this podcast just so that mm. my grandmother could listen to it and hear <laughs> what I had to say because – I usually t- end up telling her like eight million things about the movie, and I don't think she remembers any of them. But like, it doesn't matter because yeah. she's like, "Oh, he yeah. really, he really likes this," and she's taken that time to listen mm-hmm. to what I have to say. Like, even I mean, I'm noticing things that I used to do with my mother that I'm continuing to do here while she's not here. I always used to come in and like tell her what I was planning on doing that day. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I about to accomplish today? What did I have on my schedule? And I, I end up just like kind of saying it to my roommate and saying it out loud. And, and it, it it just makes me uh, think of home a little bit more, yeah. which is nice. And um, I don't know. Were you going to say something? Sorry if I cut oh, you no, off. Oh, no. I'm just I'm thinking about fan. It's such a personal thing. I think everyone should watch this movie. There's <laughs> even if you don't have – if you have a great relationship with your mother, if you have a bad relationship. I was just saying when me and my roommate were talking about this, she has a really good relationship with her mom. I – do not I, I haven't spoken to my mom in probably a year and a half or so oh and i there's a lot of you know mixed feelings there but even with such diverse relationships we were still able to have such a good conversation about this me mm-hmm. and my roommate and we agreed on so much mm-hmm. even though we've completely different upbringing but it is just such a universal thing that everyone can find something yeah. to relate to yeah i mean yeah, when when I come away from watching this, like every time I, I just, I mean, my relationship with my mom has certainly like improved over the past five years. Um, since like, I'd say it's at its worst. It was probably like during high school. So funnily enough, during the moment, <laughs> the time when, you know, she Lady Bird, uh, the film was taking place. Um, but I mean, I still come away and I'm like. I, j- I feel like I need to be better as a son, you know, when it comes to, like, communicate, because that's a problem that I have communicating with my parents, like, calling them every week, like, keeping in touch with them. Like, I'm so bad at that. And it's not a it's not a reflection of how I feel about them. It's never what it is. It's just – and this, this isn't even go for them specifically. Just with a lot of people, like my friends and stuff, I'm just so bad at communicating – and I know and I hope that, you know, my lack of communication with my parents, that they don't feel like it's because I feel a certain way. And, you know, I've, I've made it clear. We've had discussions about it before. But I, I just come away watching this and I'm like, I just feel so bad, you know, for kind of leaving my mom sometimes in the dark, especially what she went through this year because she, uh, she had breast cancer. Um, but she's, she's cancer-free. Praise God. Um, uh, so, 
Yeah, what? Yeah, watching this always gets me super emo- emotional. Um, this, yeah, the the last the last like fifteen minutes is is a wreck. Mm-hmm. I'm a wreck. Oh boy! <laughs> I cry every time when I've seen it. Oh I've Jesus! Seen it so much. She's definitely Lady Bird here. Is she's breaking the cycle of generational trauma? I think. By, yeah. By forgiving her mother in mm-hmm. a way, without even saying like a word of forgiveness by not saying I'm sorry just the thank you and I love you she's definitely giving a nod to the fact like thank you for raising me the way you did and I understand you it's definitely like a level of understanding that Marion probably did not have with her mother ever when she was you know little and I assume that her mom is either they don't speak or that she passed away because of the way that she talks about her mom but there's definitely no reconnecting or like helping that relationship anymore so the fact that she's able to do that with her daughter now i'm sure will help a lot of her and if we could look at what parents are actually shown throughout the film um it's ladybird's family it's just ladybird's family we see Kyle's dad probably passed out (laughs) in the living room. That's all we see, like the two seconds. And then uh, two seconds, we never see him. Doesn't matter. uh, We see Danny's Danny's grandmother. Danny's Danny's grandmother. I mean, we see siblings and like his mom uh, for a split second. We see Julie's. Well, we don't really talk to Julie's Julie's mother, but we see Julie's um, Matt, Julie's um, mom's boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, Oh yeah. And he's funny. Uncle Matt. Uncle Matt. He's just uh, bringing lunches. <laughs> but that's his only role. Just... Julie says, enjoy the lunches while you can. They're having a fight. <laughs> that's, that's a great line. But, like, any – I feel like a lot of the relationships that are displayed, like, everybody has their issues with their parents. Julie's got her issues with her her, her dad not being there, mom's dating again, mm. um, trying to find – a new relationship who's the right guy mm. to fill in this spot danny's got his you know very catholic family conservative yeah. Conser- yeah. conservative catholic yeah. family who are would not be accepting yeah. of of who he is and mm. he's he's dealing with that um i mean and parental then- influence on the kids in this film are kid 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 characters um uh and they are kids yeah well <laughs> old kids yes <laughs> but like the parental we are our parents uh that, that it, it's passed down on to us mm. um i mean we can't help it yeah exactly we, it, yeah. we, we are a, a series of behaviors that we've been taught by our parents yeah. and everyone expresses that a little bit differently an interesting truth to come to i feel like when I mean, you're younger you're like i don't want to be at all like my parents and it's such a a hard truth for some people to realize like i am exactly <laughs> yeah 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 and like even i'm gonna i'm gonna make a leap here oh boy please forgive me if you don't see this that way could it be that julia is consistently looking for approval from the math teacher because yeah dad's dead. not there oh, she has daddy she wants male a male role model yeah, to yeah. approve and think she's th- th- think that she's doing well yes absolutely 100 percent. heck yeah yeah that's no, yeah that, that that's that's one. spot on yeah valid analysis yeah, yeah. yeah julie is definitely 
I remember that one fight that Julian Ladybird have. That was, I mean, it's a funny fight. Oh, <laughs> it's it the titular fight. role. It is not. <laughs> it is a funny fight. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh. A, big thing, a big thing, though, that I remember her saying is Julie says to Lady Bird, she says, you can't do anything without being the center of attention. Mm. And that definitely triggers something in Lady Bird. Oh, it's yeah. like her mother has probably said something very similar to Lady Bird. Yeah. And that just, like, hit something for her to, what was the one line? That Julie was like, she made one bad mistake at 19 and lady bird responds with two bad decisions oh and yeah it is like oh damn unlike oh. any other wow <laughs> oh no, man lady bird knows how to hurt it's it's funny but it's also sad at the same time it's so funny though. yeah i mean because they're like best friends yeah they're that's like her actual best friend and only friend yeah really in the film because she has that little moment where she goes off Hangs out with Kyle. She hangs out with um, Jenna. Yeah, whatever her name is, I forgot. And then you know it's it's so it's so f- interesting. The little moment. Okay, so Lady Bird lies to where she lives to to Jenna. She says she lives at uh, the um, at Kyle's grandma's house. No, no, at um, Danny's. Danny's or Danny's grandma's, grandma's house. house. And she says, "Oh, that's our start. That's where we're starter our starter home was." Home? and uh and i'm like wow okay that's a very backhanded like compliment or whatever comment and i'm like oh boy jenna switches so quick too the moment that she sees ladybird's actual home and she was like i just don't like liars but it definitely has something to do with the social class there because she immediately stops being friends with ladybird and does not speak to her yep yeah yeah (laughs) well yeah uh, cause social, yeah, the class, the class commentary discussion in the film is very prevalent. I mean, it's not the main theme, of, get, uh, but it's a theme. It plays into her relationships yeah. with others. Yeah, it does. It plays into how Marion treats everyone in the family. Mm-hmm. The wrong side of the tracks discussion. Yeah. Oh, that was, when Danny says Gut that punch. to Marion, like he admits he was oh, a that was dude, like... Dude, poor Marion and Larry, dude. What oh. a, a hand and face. But like, <laughs> really quickly, uh. but aren't you just kind of a little bit, little bit stupid there, Danny? Really? Yeah. You're going to say that to the parents? You got to think it through a little do, bit. Do you have yeah. any idea yeah. what's going on? Well, he probably doesn't because he was raised in a yeah, because he yeah, he's privileged. He he's privileged. He's privileged, and he has no idea. He doesn't know better. Doesn't even know what the idiom means. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, idiom. And it's and like Kyle. Kyle's obviously rich too, or wealthy. His family's wealthy, and his yeah, his character. I just want to talk about him for like a moment here. Okay. He's reading A People's History of the United States. You see him reading that. Great book. I haven't read it, but I know it's a fantastic book about the history of America. Okay. Um, and then he he's like, when they were in his bedroom, right? Right before they, they did the deed. Um, <laughs> they're, watching, they're watching coverage of uh, the invasion of Iraq. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and then they immediately get into it like I don't know it's just so f- it's so funny and then they do it Lady Bird is devastated because she, she, you know Kyle lied to her that they didn't take each other's virginity or whatever and then Kyle makes this comment completely unaware of how Lady Bird is feeling 
and she says a great line. She says that great line that we we both wrote. Do you want? Am I allowed you to say it? it? <laughs> she says he, he don't was swear. Talking about don't swear. Don't swear. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I will. Don't He's swear. talking about the war, and basically trying to compare the fact that like, oh, this can't be sad. Like all these things are happening in Iraq right now, and she s- tells him to shut up. And she says different things can be sad. It's not all war. Yeah. And that line. Yeah. Very good line. Yeah. She, yeah, she's right. Because in that because co- in that context, like. The last thing she's thinking about is is the, the war. war. Who cares about like Iraq? Who, I've got this in my personal life. Yeah, like, in I mean, yeah, Kyle is right, but bringing that up in that context is, like, totally out of place. He's just so pretentious. No, he is very <laughs> pretentious. Yes, he He's is. Like, you don't have a, track, a tracking device. Oh, this that's so that's fun. just like a conspiracy theory. Like, come yeah. on, bro. <laughs> I'm like, dude, anarchist moment. <laughs> well, I was I made I a joke. Him. I made a joke to my my uh, my girlfriend, and he said that I was like, oh, it's like a right wing conspiracy thing you'd hear nowadays. The the tracking device are gonna put them in our heads. <laughs> Kyle is <laughs> Kyle is definitely on Facebook right now, oh, and he's only posting stories that really have no merit. He he's probably one of the people who would be like the Earth is flat and that's why we have war. Um, I feel like well, that's something. I don't you would know. Pull I out. mean, maybe. You think he's a flat earther? I I no. I wouldn't I, say that. I think he's. It's not dumb. He, well. No. <laughs> he's rejecting the establishment. Yeah. He he's rejecting corporate anything. He's like, oh, I'm trying not to give money to the machine. She's like, you wear leather jackets. They're vintage. Yeah, so it doesn't count. It's not producing. Demand yeah, history. he's very yes, he's very performative in that way, and he he's, hates capitalism. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, um, and like, <laughs> I don't know. He's he's just it's so funny because it's like, uh, yeah, he's just so he needs to he needs to learn how to, you know, bring that stuff up in the correct setting. And not be so unaware of his surroundings, because yeah. that's something he severely lacks: his awareness. At least he hand rolls his cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> like, like so that fancy. is yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, any any final thoughts? It's a on it, the film. It's a love letter to San Sacramento, not San Francisco. She lies about San Francisco. It's oh, a yeah, love. It's from. a love letter to Sacramento. Um, and you know, Lady Bird goes on. She's like, "I gotta get out of here. I gotta leave. I gotta leave." Nun talks to her about her college essay. It's clear you love San Francisco or Sacramento. Jesus, Sacramento, Sacramento, Sacramento. I mean, hey, I don't blame you. No one really talks about Sacramento. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a very boring city. I've never been there, but uh. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> but but they're not. The, it's it's clear that that that. She loves it again. It's not an expression. It's just how she describes it. Mm-hmm. If you describe something with passion, if you pay attention, if you admire the little things, mm-hmm. driving over the bridge on the way home, seeing a mural for the Sacramento Kings, um, that one tree that I always saw when I was a kid going by, you remember those things. You love those things. Yep. Love, And that's what the nun says to her. Maybe love is just paying attention. Which is, is, I think, where we have to leave it. We have to end on that. Love is just about paying attention. 
Love is just about paying attention. I mean, yeah, it's put. It's like beautifully put, very aptly put. Yes. Um. Yeah, I mean, you have anything well, to cap it off? <laughs> like we need to end it. It has. To, it has to end with that. <laughs> if if you take nothing away from this podcast, if you skipped the entire. The hour of this podcast. Take you shouldn't do. Lo- go back. Yes. and listen to the whole thing. It's it's worth it. But love is about paying attention. So pay attention. Uh, All right. Well, All right. I do have to say, go watch this film. Yes, it's it's amazing. Yes. You can you can find something to relate to, even if you don't. I mean, everyone has not maybe not everyone, but having a maternal figure, a sibling, a friend. There's always something that you can relate to in this film, and it is pivotal to watch it's very yeah as an outsider looking in on relationships it can be so complicated and it's just make sure to go hug your parents and tell them you love them yeah <laughs> yep, exactly yeah and love is love is care love is attention mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. perfect yeah yes. um i'd say it's one of the best coming of age films of the 2010s easily um, Greta Gerwig's debut as a director and writer is phenomenal. She knocked that out of the park. And then she followed this up with another fantastic film in Little Women. Came out in 2019 with also Saoirse Ronan. As and the, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, both of them are in it. Um, yeah, Saoirse Ronan kills it in Lady Bird's role, might I add. Um, I know we didn't really mention performances, but, you know, she killed it. <clears throat> but uh yeah film is fantastic i love it i have a very deep sentimental connection with it and whatnot but as far as what's coming up n- next on the show uh the next several episodes we got planned we actually got multiple planned ahead oh we this we, time around we've taken time in this <laughs> so coming up uh coming up soon to be released on a later date we've got parasite Yes, sir. Best picture from 2019. Yes, sir. Bong Joon Ho. Yes, sir. And uh, we're 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 going to continue on the uh, foreign film route uh, with the Ran. film Ran Kurosawa. Akira Kurosawa, Japanese cinematic master, one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, top three of all time. Um, Ran is an adaptation of King, King Lear. Lear, Shakespeare play. And this is a film that I've been wanting to see of his for a long time. Um, I've seen Seven Samurai, High Lone, Ikiru from from uh, Kurosawa. Oh, and also, um, no, what is the other one? There's another film that I've seen of his. Oh, I can't remember the name, but I've seen I've seen multiple films of his. But anyways, yeah, one of the greatest goats. And then we're planning on when we come back uh, from Thanksgiving, a few more uh, under the radar picks, but maybe we'll come up hopefully around award season. We're trying to get the jump there. Uh, Par starring yes. Kate Blanchett and then a wonderful satire triangle oh, of sadness. sadness. Have you seen, have you seen any of those yet? Nope. Or, no, not yet. Okay. Over four. <laughs> All right. I All got right. a lot of work to do. Yeah. We got to, we got to watch. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, Triangle Sadness, uh, Palm Dior winner of this year at Cannes Film Festival, which for those of you that don't know, Cannes is basically the highest echelon of awards in filmmaking and in, 
and of cinema in general. Basically, what the Oscars wishes to be but isn't. <coughs> um, and uh, yeah, one essentially the best picture of the film festival, uh, directed by Ruben Oslund, who is a two-time Palme d'Or winner. His previous film being The Square, that also won in 2017, I believe. But um, yeah, Triangle of Sand is hilarious. Hilarious, riotous film. I'm looking forward so to So funny. It. <laughs> I love the commentary in it. It is great. It's fantastic. Reminds me of Luis Buñuel, a uh, Spanish filmmaker who I showed you, you a did. few of his films. Um, and then Tar, which is pretty prescient right now as far as of its themes because it talks about separating art from the artist. And there is one artist who is certainly uh, – Destroying his legacy, that being Kanye West, um, with every the horrific things that he's been saying in the past month. <laughs> so Tar kind of goes into that uh, with a German orchestra um, composer, uh, and so yeah, and that's potentially going is wrapping up to looking like the film of the year. Looking at the the reception from audiences and critics alike. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that when I'm back home because that is going to be fantastic. I know it's going to blow me away. We're hyping you up for the month of November. Yes. We're getting you ready. Yes. Yes. And I don't know. We'll we'll figure out what we're going to watch after that. But Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's what we got planning up. So that's Parasite Ran, Triangle of Santa's Tar. Um, it's a next, good month. Next four weeks. So it's going to be looking good. It's going to be looking mighty fine on the, the cinematic odyssey thank you for tuning in uh you've been listening to us for the past like hour and a half i think yeah, yeah. you've been tuning in listening to wwvu fm morgantown 91.7 fm this is united to the moose cinematic odyssey again every friday um this will be playing live from 11 to 12 11 a.m to 12 p.m eastern and then it'll be on streaming platforms shortly after that um, on the same day. Uh, available on all streaming platforms. So, you know, your favorite one, it'll probably be there. Thank you for tuning in again. And uh, we'll catch everyone later. Have a good weekend. And uh, stay safe. <laughs>